your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 223 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory downtown toronto alongside brandon pillar up in collingwood and over 43 weeks later i can now say there is only one week left seven days until your ottawa senators are back on the ice in a meaningful nhl game who's going to be in that lineup today will go a long way dj smith saying day eight of sen's training camp will be focused on a scrimmage that will feel like an nhl game and it's very interesting how he split up the forward lines. We'll get Pilsy's thoughts on that. We also have Tyler Ray back on the show, once a Sense Central citizen, and now he's coming with some hot takes. And then we'll wrap up with our organizational value rankings. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, January 8th, and Pilsy. We knew that there was a battle between Josh Norris and Logan Brown, but now Colin White gets a shot between Brady Kachuk and Evgeny Dadanov. Yeah, if you're any centerman on this team, that is the coveted spot. And today it's Colin White's turn. And why not? Those are three young centers who they're they're trying to see what they got from these guys. Can they play a top six role in the NHL? If so, let's see how they do in in what's going to be the top line in Ottawa with Brady Kachuk and Evgeny Dadanov on either wing. Now that might change when Timmy Stutzla comes to camp, but for now, that's the top line. And I think it's great that Colin White's getting an opportunity here because he deserves an opportunity. He's been successful in a top six role before. Mind you, that was when Mark Stone was on his line, but he's shown he can do it when he's set up with the right supporting cast. So this is a big, big day for Colin White here to impress DJ Smith because this could set up where he ends up starting the season. And if you're Colin White, there's no there's no better place to be set up for success than the position you're in today. 100%. Do you think you'd surprise people if you told them that Colin White is only one year older than Logan Brown? Yeah, that's definitely surprising. But I mean, Colin White, he's had a different career path than Logan Brown. He barely spent any time in the minors. He was with Bingo for a little while. There's some some uh, funny pictures of him with that old, terrible Bingo Sens uh, jersey on. But I think Colin White deserves the opportunity. And he's, he's not going to get any better if he gets kind of buried in the lineup like he did in the past couple seasons, or in last season, rather. And I don't want to see him move to the wing yet either. So give him the proper opportunity to really make a, a case for himself here in the center position with some of the most skilled guys. I think DJ Smith's going to be impressed with what he sees, or at least I hope. I hope so too. And we know that he's been very active in getting his body where it needs to be coming into camp. So maybe it's also a reward, right? No media is there. We don't know who looks good. Or We have heard DJ Smith, though, talk about Colin White's game. And also Artem Anismov. We'll get to the rest of the lines momentarily. But this is the focal point on the team. Because it looks like Kachuk and Dadnov are going to play on either side of each other. Who gets that middle spot? And then the next fascinating storyline is where does Tim Stutzla fit in to all this? But Colin White, Brady Kachuk, they have a history playing together. And I'll tell you one thing, Pilsy, Evgeny Dadanov a lot closer to Mark Stone 
than Connor Brown, who spent the majority of the time on that line last year. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, Dadanov definitely has uh, more of the sniper instincts than Mark Stone, whereas Connor Brown has more of Stone's two-way game. But uh, yeah, definitely, if you're talking about top right winger on the team, Dadanov's the guy. Dadanov's skill will simply just find a way to get Colin White going. I, I have to believe it. Because he's so much closer, I mentioned, to Mark Stone. And yeah, he and Connor Brown, they can go on the third line and bang bodies. But when you add the dynamic of Dadanov's shot, that's an X factor on the ice. So can Colin White take advantage of that? Can he get better in the face-off circle? That was somewhere he struggled a bit last year as well. Those are questions I want answered if Colin White is going to be the number one center on this team. Pilsy, I'm looking through these lineups, and if you're able to get a line at betonline.ag on the Sens scrimmage. Not being streamed, so I doubt we'll be able to. But bet the farm on Team A. You've got that Colin White, Brady Kachuk, Evgeny Dadnov trio. Second unit, Paquette between Galchenyuk and Batherson. And the third line, Matthew Pekka between Alex Formanton and Logan Shaw on defense. Shabbat Gabranson, Coburn Zub, Ole Alsing with Lassie Thompson and Max Lajoie, Matt Murray and Kevin Mandelize in net. So basically the A squad and the defense we're not even really going to touch today because it's as set in stone as we made it seem yesterday. So you can go back and listen to yesterday's Locked On Senators. We get into that a bit more, but Pilsy, I'll, I'll go through Team B actually quickly, and then I want to ask you, like, what's the second line on this team right now is, is the real question going, or is it so spread out? Because until Stepan and Stutzla get here, does it matter? So Artem Anisimov is with Rudy Balsers and Austin Watson. Josh Norris is between Philip Schlappick and Connor Brown. Logan Brown is between Nick Paul and Parker Kelly, and then they did our boy Igor Dirty. He's playing with J.C. Bodin and Michael Haley down on the fourth line on Team B. But yeah, Pilsy, where where do you see the NHL lines in all this? Well, it's funny that they stack Team A so badly. Like, if you're going to put the top line with Kachuk, White, and Dadnov, at least maybe get Matt Murray on Team B, or at least move that top defense pair down to Team B. Like, you got top forward line, top defense line, and top goalie. I think it's it's kind of stacked up against Team B, but hey, that's good. It'll create some competition here. Now, you were saying which line do you think is probably the second line here? And again, it's Team A with the with the talent here. I, th- I would say the second line here is Galchenyuk, Paquette, and Batherson. But the big asterisk here is I think Stepan and Stutzla will be the second line, essentially the left winger and centerman of that second line who plays on their right wing. I think you could switch a couple guys in and out there, maybe Batherson, maybe Connor Brown, who knows? So that's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, team, team B, they got their work cut out for him here. I think that Josh Norris, Connor Brown is the second line and that they're waiting for Stutzla to replace Philip Schlappick. In, in this situation, I think that that could be uh, something that would offensively look great. And then you do have that two-way game of Connor Brown. So the way I see it, though, is, is they, they want to have a kid with a vet on each line. Like if you look down the lineup, there's a vet on everyone. In Team B's case, there's two on the top line with Anisimov and Watson. But then you have Josh Norris with Connor Brown. And then you have Logan Brown with Nick Paul. So they want to have that dynamic and maybe see how these kids can – play shift in shift out with grinding two-way hard-working you know salt of the year style wingers so when you when you have those two dynamics and they come together I think it's going to be interesting I, I would have loved to have been able to watch this today 
Ah, uh, however, that is clearly not going to happen. Uh, what did happen today, though, was a couple depth moves, and we can expect more of that as we inch closer, not only to January 15th, but the AHL season, because you got to fill out that roster as well. And why not dip into your own prospect pool to fill spots? And that's what Ottawa did, signing Cole Reinhardt, sixth-round pick in this past draft, to an amateur tryout. That means there's no long-term commitment yet, although they still will own his rights. It's a situation under COVID where the WHL hasn't started, and now he'll be able to get reps. So... Cole Reinhardt signs in a forward spot and defenseman Colby Williams to a one-year AHL contract. He's a right-shot defenseman. You'll never guess it, Pilsy, but there's a connection with the Belleville organization. Yeah, definitely Troy Mann uh, is reaching into his Hershey Bears uh, prospect pool here. As Colby, he spent four years with the Hershey Bears Pretty much played consistently there. He was a minus the last couple seasons, but last year, 31 games played, six assists. So he's not going to be a, a high-impact guy, but that's an extra guy you can have on your bottom pair in Belleville, and especially without Brampton being an option this season for the Ottawa Senators in the East Coast Hockey League. They're not going to have guys that they can just pluck from there when things go off the walls like we saw happen last year. So they we really need to make sure that there's enough guys that if – injuries happen you can plug guys in and you know what if Colby Williams ends up not playing a lot of games because there ends up being a, a healthy roster consistently in Belleville it's not a big deal either so this is just making sure you're covered if things go crazy because they've certainly covered uh, their spots in the NHL if injuries and COVID related things happen with veterans so that's what they're trying to do in Belleville as well here you can never bet on a full roster when it comes to nhl but you can bet on which team wins and that's what we have here for you at betonline.ag the nfl regular season is into wild card weekend who is going to come out victorious you know i know you've been telling your friends and now you can make some money on your brain power just knowing the winner and that's what we do here at betonline.ag we line your pockets and we do it from the moment you sign up for betonline.ag that's because if you use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus so you put in a hundred dollars fifty dollars will just magically appear in your account and then you bet on winners and you turn that into real hard cash there's only one place that has you covered one place that we trust betonline.ag pilsy what is your wager of the week right now? Are you looking at something and saying, oh, I need to get my paws all over that on betonline.ag? Well, I'm still on the Timmy Stutzla hype train, and I think his Calder odds are still looking really good. Like when you're a player that was named best forward of the tournament and your team only made the quarterfinals and there were guys like Dylan Cousins, Trevor Zegras, these guys are, they. Trevor Zegras, I think, almost broke the record for American points uh, in a world junior tournament. So like these guys are putting up massive numbers and Stutzla still gets that honor. I would say he's got a good chance at the Calder this year in the NHL. I think so too. And at plus 2000 odds, that means if you risk a hundred dollars, 2000 come into your pocket when Timmy superstar explodes 
onto the scene and you'll get your first look at Timmy in an Ottawa practice uniform on Sunday. We'll get into that in a second. But as we mentioned, bet online, they don't want you on the sidelines anymore. They want you to get right into the action. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, your online sports book experts. So, Pillsy, I mentioned a moment ago, Tim Stutzla expected to join Senators practice on Sunday. Same goes for Derek Stepan. Where are they going to slot in Eric Brandstrom as well? I see them slotting in as, yeah, the second line. I'm not sure who's going to play on the right side there, but I I think it's been made very clear. And Stepan even kind of hinted at it that he was hoping and talking about getting a chance to play with a young guy like Timmy Stutzel. And I think it's important to have those two paired together, at least a veteran center for a guy like Timmy Stutzel. That way he doesn't feel as responsible defensively, even though he showed that he can be very responsible defensively, but it helps him focus on offense and moving the puck up the ice while Derek Stepan focuses on maybe covering up for some rookie mistakes that might happen. And let's not forget, Timmy Stutzla, this is a guy used to European ice. He's transitioning to North American ice. That can be a hard transition for young guys too. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be many decisions made and lots of intrigue around who wants who where. And that's why we have Tyler Ray coming up right now at Defense Minister on Twitter. And he always is good for a thoughtful thread. And instead of writing this one out, you decided to join us on the show. So enjoy our chat with Tyler Ray. All right, we now welcome a good friend back to the show. He's been a Sense Central citizen before, but like Laleem's Martian before him, has graduated to a full-on guest. Tyler Ray, at Defense Minister on Twitter. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, guys. No, I'm doing great. It's a hey. slow news day yesterday, huh? But uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're back on today Talk talk some hockey. Yeah, for real. And we've finally got line combos despite being on recycled paper. But those line combinations have newly acquired players since we last chatted. The Stepan acquisition, Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette. How do you see those guys fitting into this lineup? Yeah, that was those were interesting moves for me uh, when we saw them make them. They were all in a little flurry and, and especially strange after, you know, a few days after Dorian <laughs> said on the radio, I think our our uh, roster looks pretty good as it's as it is set right now and then uh, obviously they had some you know some some moves that they had bubbling or or just came up very recently to me it just seems like uh, these are the types of moves i like i think of 2017 when they're going for the cup and they they got to the deadline and and they knew they were going to uh you know be a playoff contender they were trying to push for that and they went and they got stallberg they got burrows tommy wingles right their depth moves uh, and all these acquisitions are sort of the same sort of team that's kind of pushing for playoff spot. Tyler, no love for your Kiyoki Paka. I got to cut you off on that. One. <laughs> he was he was a great move. Right? <laughs> or Kevin, as he was known, I think Kevin is what they called him. Yeah, that's right. Well, the the press box needed a character, so that they they got one there. Uh, I I just uh, it to me it was interesting because it looks like those moves are in response to, to maybe a notion that they don't feel like the young guys that, that they have kind of penciled in that they know we're going to push for spots are necessarily ready yet. And I think I, I heard the, you know, the rationale and the reasoning behind it was saying we don't want to give young guys spots. Uh, we, just, we want them to beat out veterans. 
So I, I, I do understand that notion. To me, it just seems like this is a full, full roster for a team that's really trying to evaluate and, uh, and look at a lot of these young guys. Because the, let's be honest, these, these three new guys that came in, they're probably here for three months, four months max. They're, they're not long-term pieces. They're here to kind of bridge the gap. But I just found it interesting that those were moves that were made, I think, because they just felt like these, and I'll say like Logan Brown, Josh Norris, whoever, you know, the guys that are pushing to, to get into the lineup now and that they want to give shots to, they don't feel like they're full-time players yet. And they, they have some reservations. And that that's interesting to me. I, I, I wonder how that will end up shaking out as this year goes on. Yeah, and it, it definitely is interesting. My question to you, Tyler, would be, though, do you think that these moves would not have been done in a normal season setting? Like, I think a big part of me thinks that these moves, especially acquiring Paquette and Coburn, were done because this is a weird year. You're going to be playing a lot of games uh, back-to-back, close series. And most of the time, guys only have – there's only one day in between games. you got a taxi squad, an expanded roster. There could be COVID-related issues. Do you think that plays a big part in why they acquired these guys? And maybe if the season isn't like that, then they don't go out and make those moves? Yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. Uh, I, this is certainly not a move – uh, the, these types of moves are things that Pierre Dorian would have done in previous seasons, for example. What's interesting to me is that they seem to be one of the few teams, and maybe it's because of their cap situation, they have a little bit more flexibility, but I don't see other teams doing this right now, like loading up on depth and veteran guys more than they normally would in the offseason. And the Senators are, in fact, one of the teams that that have a ton of various age prospects that, that are pushing guys that you can play a regular NHL shift if they need to come in they have they're super young guys uh, but they also have some pretty mature prospects too guys that have you know two three even four years of professional experience that I you know you could probably use those guys for, for that kind of if, if you felt you need to shuffle guys in and out of the roster they they have the bodies but but obviously they felt that they wanted people that had established NHL credentials to, to fill the, those spots in, in that case. I know this season's going to be different, but I'm not sure that it's, it's that different in terms of, you know, they're still going and playing. Like, yes, there's just some back-to-backs and three and four nights, but I don't think it's that different than when you look at the normal schedule. There's only 56 games. We're not playing an 82-game season. Uh, we've already essentially everyone's already lost what's that 20 26 games right that, that have been no no one's getting those games under their belts anymore we're all starting a little late so there's only so many games to integrate these guys in and that's I, I think maybe that's where I'm coming from is I'm not as concerned with what's happening on the ice this year I want to see what all these these young guys who will be here past this season uh, how they're doing and I, I'm afraid that they're not going to necessarily be able to evaluate them to the degree that they want to but maybe yeah like you're saying they have a strategy to just rotate these guys in and, in and out but based on how seasons normally work that's that's not normally <laughs> how you see it usually the guys in the lineup are the guys in the lineup unless they get hurt and then other guys come in yeah, I mean, you make a lot of really good points there. And I think I'll, I'll continue to sort of play devil's advocate here. So what if maybe the Senators are thinking that uh, not the case is that these young guys aren't ready to step into the NHL and they want to shelter them more, et cetera, et cetera. But what if maybe they're thinking 
let's get some veteran guys as uh, warm bodies on the taxi squad that can come in and out and we'll have those young guys playing down in Belleville so that they're actually playing games. And, you know, there, there was, that's unfinished business last season in Belleville. That team could have won the Calder cup in my eyes. So do you think maybe that's a part of it too? They're like, we don't want to have guys like a Rudolph balls as a Logan Brown in a taxi squad, maybe mixing in one game here or there. Let's get them playing top six role in Belleville. And then maybe once injuries happen, once the trade dead, Deadline comes and we move some of those veterans out, then we give them their shot there. Do you think maybe that's part of a, a, their thinking behind that? Yeah, that's that's a good point because the taxi squad's a new wrinkle this year. And, you know, according when it came out, kind of looked at what the rules were around that and, and what the requirements were, they got to have at least four guys on that with, with one of them being a goalie up to six. Uh, that those what it looks like. I mean, effectively, it's like the AHL where you have if you're waiver eligible, you got to clear to get in there. Um, if you're on a two-way contract, you're paying, you're being paid your AHL salary. So there's some financial considerations that that go along with who's on the taxi squad, who's not. And then also, like you said, if you're in the AHL this year, I my thinking is that you're that's where you are. Right. You're pro- yes, technically, I think you could bring a guy up, but there's quarantine rules. There's, there's going to be all this these big issues. So you have to make a call pretty quickly. Who is, who are going to be the guys I want to play? Cause the last thing I want to see is on my taxi squad. Like I don't want Logan Brown on my, or Josh right. on my taxi squad. Yes. If, if something happens, you want to move someone in, you'd love for those guys to be, but I don't want them to sit there for 10 games waiting for that to happen. And just, and just practicing and not playing any games. They already have gone almost a year without playing games. So they got to be playing somewhere. Uh, so that that's a concern. I, I think you got to uh, do that. My, when I kind of map out what the taxi squad might look like, if I was making decisions, I I think like a guy like Matthew Peck and, and Logan Shaw, those are perfect. Those are the guys. That's like your Jack Roadwalds and your like in previous seasons the, the guys the fringe that are NHLers. Yeah, fringers like guys you can bring in for a few games and and you know that they'll they'll do okay, but you you don't really have big plans for them. And if they sit. And don't they're happy? I'm sure to travel with the team at the NHL level. They're not going to squawk about that at all about playing time. They're just happy to be there. And if you need to throw them in there, then you can. You know, even like a Christian Jaros. That at this point in his his career, that's probably not a bad spot for him to be to come in. But so I worry about some of the, some of the younger guys. If they're if they I do have a plan to say, listen, all you guys are all going down to, to Belleville because we want you to play and and like you said, unfinished business. Great. It's just that there's another year lost in, in trying to figure out what they can do at the NHL level. That's, yeah, that's especially with those guys like Logan Brown, Rudolph Balser. It's like they don't need to show us anything more in Belleville. We've seen how they can dominate, yeah. and it, it is their time for the NHL. But, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how the, the Ottawa Senators in particular, but the whole league utilizes the taxi squad here. That's going to be so interesting for me. And like to send you 12 defensemen last year, obviously it's a bit of a shortened season and we probably won't see many trades either with the quarantine regulations, maybe within the Canadian division, but even still you'll need four tests at seven days, I believe. So that's another reason why I think Dorian is kind of doing all of his mid-season stuff now. Like you think of the Condon trade right away where you can address needs like that. It won't be so easy this year. How much do you think that could play a role into this whole adding up now? Yeah, I think you're definitely right in terms of like the player movement. There's going to be very little of it from team to team, right? I, I think you're you're kind of setting your roster. It's going to be very difficult to you know acquire players, especially with cap crunch situations on on a lot of teams. They they just can't make those moves until maybe the deadline. So 
yes, there's something to be said for for preparing early and, and having your bodies uh, where you need them. I'm interested to see how that affects like Artem Zub. You know, he's he's on an entry level contract, so the expectation was that he's going to get playing time. I, I would imagine you know come over from the KHL and have your pick of teams that you're probably looking at the one that's giving the most opportunity for him. He, he probably doesn't have a spot in that top six as it stands right now. You're right in saying they'll probably, I'm sure they will get playing time. And a lot of times when we make the, all these pronouncements in camp every year about, well, who's blocking who injuries tend to kind of fix all that. Right. Because how often is it that you are running everyone healthy for, for a good chunk of time that that's probably not realistic to expect that, but maybe they're being overprepared. <laughs> I, uh, that, that to me is maybe they're overthinking what the potential rigors of the season really are when when these guys to in my mind they're all it's a young team they haven't played in a long time they're itching to going to get going I'm sure if you put them out there for for this schedule most of them would have no problem playing every game barring being hurt so the cycling through I'm sure it'll happen I'm also not entirely sure how well you know that that bodes for developing if you're constantly in and out of the lineup and different partners and different line mates when, when that happens. I'm not sure if you're really going to get guys off on a, on a you know consistent uh, pace to see what they can really do. Yeah, the, the, the intrigue and the amount of different options and kind of choose your own adventure routes the Senators can do with this taxi squad and roster is endless. Now, there's, there's a couple players that I think are going to be really affected by what's going on this season. One is Logan Brown, but I think we've all talked about that a lot. And it looks like in training camp, he's getting a big opportunity here playing with uh, today. He was in between Kachuk and Dadnov, not much better spot you can be in the lineup if uh, you're an Ottawa Senators prospect. But someone I want to touch on that I think is an even more curious case than Logan Brown, how about Eric Brandstrom? Like, this is another guy I would argue, and a lot of people would argue, we've seen what he can do in the AHL, and he's kind of done there. Like, he, he's, he's excelled there, he's put up points. But then you look on the other side of the coin, he was brought up to the NHL last season, probably too early, albeit, and out of necessity, and didn't really perform. And now, to add to that mix is he isn't able to join training camp right away due to uh, close contact with someone with positive tests. So he's missing out on this important training camp. How in the world does Eric Brandstrom get fit into this roster, whether it's in Belleville, Taxi Squad, or Ottawa in this season in your eyes? That that's a tough question to me because it's certainly a guy that you'd love to see get NHL minutes. Uh, I think you're right in that he has probably shown what he wants to. He's a blue chip prospect. You know they want him in the NHL lineup sooner rather than later. But I don't necessarily see that. Like you have six spots, uh, and they've got six guys that they, they're I would imagine pretty comfortable with and not wanting to you know really take out of the lineup for very much so for him I think the way he gets in someone gets hurt that's that's really the only way especially like you said behind the eight ball in training camp can't even show what he's doing right now that's key they don't have preseason games he can't even get out there and and, and uh, uh, you know demonstrate what he might be able to do there could he be on the practice or, or the uh, the taxi squad Potentially, I guess that depends on where you're slotting him in on the depth chart. Is is he the next man up where you're slotting it? Because I see I see Zub and I see Coburn as guys that aren't even in the top six and who they probably like would, would want to get in there before Brandstrom even. So right now, he's maybe nine 
on on the on the depth chart. That's going to be a tough call whether you're going to have him be on a taxi squad or whether you're just going to put start him in Belleville, because one of those places he gets to play, the other one he's sitting around waiting, and I don't know. He's already kind of had stops and starts this year. Even in Europe, uh, he had to sit a lot. I think you want that guy playing as much as you can. I, he's one of the guys, at least he's young enough. It, it's not like Logan Brown to me where uh, there's no point in Logan Brown in, in Belleville. He's been there a lot. Brandstrom, at least I can see, okay, if you had to have an EHL another year, do it. You, you kind of know what he can do, but at least there is some, some development potential there. He can work on certain things. If, if injuries do hit them pretty hard, then I think we'll see them. But I think that's the only way. Hope you're enjoying our chat with Tyler Ray at Defense Minister on Twitter. He's always good for some good info. But we got to stop to let you know about our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. You love to hear that, especially in these times. You want to support families that have been working hard at their business. And rockauto.com is just that. Serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, two decades, guys. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. If you're having car troubles, you're probably not going to be able to go pick up those products. So rockauto.com makes it easy and sends it right to you. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the sweetest part of the deal is prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Ross wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. We don't want you doing that. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. One more time, that's right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. rockauto.com. Now back to our chat with Tyler Ray. Yeah, it's interesting with Brandstrom, though. 2017 draft, but he was one of the youngest players in the draft. He's only two weeks younger than Brady Kachuk, who went in the 2018. So he's got two seasons of North American pro. I know he played two years in the Swedish Hockey League, but how many under-22 defensemen are there that are under six feet tall? Like, I think Quinn Hughes and not much beyond that. So if he can get a bit stronger and maybe well, he's got time in quarantine to just hit the weights over and over and, and hit the feed bag. I know that I had a little isolation uh, earlier in December and I packed a few pounds on. So if he can get a bit stronger and be able to handle the rigors of, of pro hockey at, at, at consistent every single night, because we saw how fantastic he was in Belleville last year, but in the defensive zone, like yeah, he was okay. He's okay. Good. Maybe, but he wasn't excelling at that part of the game. So for me, as long as the, the AHL does get underway when they want to in February, I don't think it's the, the, the wrong move for him to be down there. What I wouldn't do, and you're saying this as well, is I would not have him on the taxi squad. Get this guy playing as many games as possible. But what I want to ask you, Tyler, and you know we're a goalie-friendly show, what do you do about that third goalie that you need to have on the taxi squad? You have that situation in Belleville right now where it's Decord and Gus. And then this wild card, the Q goalie of the year, Kevin Mandelazy, comes in out of nowhere as well. So how do you see that goalie dynamic shaking out? 
Well, you read my mind because I, I did want to actually address that because that's on the tax squad, you have to have a goalie. That, that's a requirement. You, you can't go without. So there has to be a third goalie. In the sense case, they've got with Hoberg and, and Murray, I don't see, again, unless one of them gets hurt, there's probably no starts to give with only 56 games in the season. You're, that third goalie is probably not playing any games this year barring something strange happening. So the three goalies you have left in the organization are all young guys you'd love to have play. And without the ECHL this year, I think it's different. At least not maybe. for uh, Brampton. Yeah. Brampton. Yeah, that's right. So there's no option for them, uh, for those three guys. One of them should be on the taxi or has to be on the taxi squad because there's nowhere else to put them. And it's not ideal. What you'd love to have is your journeyman? I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, that's the ideal taxi squad goalie. Is Hilsey just like, said, ah. bring back Craig Anderson if the PTO doesn't work out in Washington. <laughs> that's right. You could you could do something like that. So I guess I mean, Decord is probably the guy that you do because he's the most closest to the NHL of those three that that you have left. But then Joey Decord's not playing probably any games unless they have some kind of strategy. But I mean, 56 games, you want to get Matt Murray uh, as many starts as possible. You want to give Holberg uh, a good amount of, of starts there, too. So I don't, I don't see uh, a way for that third goalie to really play it all. So it's almost a wasted year. For, I mean, there's, there's value in practicing with the team and traveling with the team uh, there. But as goalies, I think you want, to, you want them to play as well. So that the other the skaters positions on the taxi squad i think you can play with a lot more the goalie thing they're kind of stuck yeah because they don't really have the setup you'd love to have this that thir- third kind of expendable guy that that that's who's there but that's not how their roster is set yeah and i, th- I think the irony here is hilarious too and my i'm myself i'm guilty of this it seems like every other year except this year the senators always signed some veteran placeholder goalie that was stealing starts from the younger guys and now the perfect year to do it they don't they don't do it and now they're gonna put a young guy in there but yeah I'm I'm with you I think Decord is the guy to have there a final question for me Tyler and I can't believe it's taken this long to get to the elephant in the room Timmy superstar coming to training camp he's quarantining now a couple questions here who do you want to see him play with and what are your expectations for Timmy Stutzler in his first pro year that's interesting interesting one they they, they obviously want him to be put in a possession to to succeed, right? And uh, they we know they're starting him on the on the wing on left wing. To me, they don't really have a center that that fits the perfect bill for him. Uh, they have a bunch of guys. That, so I think ideally he's in that top six. He's probably on the second line because obviously he had Brady uh, slotting in ahead of him. As far as his line mates, I think. Connor Brown on the other side, to me, makes the most sense because he's more responsible. He's your two-way guy. He can cover up for because Stutz as a young guy, as an offensive player, is probably going to make some mistakes here and there, and he's not necessarily going to be relied on defensively. So you'd want to have a guy in the line that that uh, kind of takes care of that for you and and uh, and you can ride on. And then I feel more comfortable knowing the coach trusts Connor Brown so much, so he's going to want that line on the ice a lot so you're not going to be uh in in trouble with Stutzler getting decreased ice time if that's the case if he's on there as far as the center goes maybe it's Chris Tierney uh maybe it's Stepan uh th- those are with guys like it's probably good for him at least initially to break in with two established players I think that's that's what you want and then as time goes on 
you'd be putting him more with like your, your like hopefully that's a Josh Norris Logan Brown type situation where where he has at center. I don't think that's uh, where we see it initially though. How long do you think before he really blows down the door? You think he comes in, hits the ground running, or should we have some growing pains in mind? And maybe it's not until next season that he really gets his foot on yeah. what the National Hockey League is all about. The World Juniors, you know, uh, really whet everyone's appetite about what he could do in the NHL. I always, like an 18-year-old, it's just tough to, to really produce necessarily with there. I think we'll see some great plays. I think we'll see his skill on display. I don't know what, in terms of production, what we'll actually end up seeing from him. I, I imagine he'll get power play time, so that's going to be uh, important for him too. I, I'm kind of in... I'm going to be on the fence with it. I, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if, if he if he looked pretty good, but I'm also not going to say, yeah, you'll, you're definitely going to see him break out this year. We, we might have this kind of transition year, and you'll really see the, the, the progression happening in the following season. The intrigue has no bounds for this upcoming Ottawa Senators season. Tyler Ray joining us at Defense Minister. Go give him a follow on Twitter if you don't already. We'll be sure to get you back on once the puck drops and we got real live Senators hockey to talk about. Thanks for the input today. Really enjoy having you, Tyler. I appreciate it, guys. Always love talking sense hockey. Stick taps to Tyler for joining the show. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at defense minister and after you follow tyler after you download the locked on senators podcast make sure to check out the nhl season previews this week on locked on nhl each of our local experts will get you set with previews of all 31 teams division by division and scott collin the locked on fantasy hockey host he drops by to give you all the fantasy info of who to pick up and who to drop subscribe to locked on nhl wherever you get your podcasts, and we're counting down our organizational value rankings all the way down now. Pilsy, we're at number 22. Like, the NHL roster is going to carry more than this amount of players, although one I don't think is going to make the Ottawa Senators this year. The other two, well, I'd say they're as good as a lock. And we'll start with number 22, Lassie Thompson, world junior captain for Team Finland last year. He was the 19th pick in the 2019 draft. But I don't think there's a defenseman or even prospect on this Ottawa Senators team who has seen their stock dropped more over the past 12 months, Pilsy. How has this happened? Yeah, I think you're right there that his stock has dropped more than anyone else. And uh, we probably even have him a little higher on this list than he should be since we made this list, I think, two or three weeks ago. But Lassie Thompson, it's just tough to watch because... We got to actually watch a bunch of him with Eels uh, while there was no hockey going on in North America. And he did not look confident. The coach was not confident in him. And it's just sad to see because last season he had seven goals, six assists in 39 games. He was on fire with his one timer. Like his slap shot, the Tom bomb is such a weapon, but he doesn't utilize it enough, it seems. And when he does use it, it's often not that accurate at times. So he's got to work on that. I think. It just, it's all about being more confident. Like in this season, 18 games, only two assists. And those assists were secondary assists in back-to-back games in October. So he went a long stretch without any more points. He was even healthy scratch for a while. And when he was playing, he was barely playing over 10 minutes a, uh, a night av- on average ice time. So 
This is a guy that I think he's going to have to come to Belleville. He's going to have to hit the reset button and he's going to need to prove that he still is that high caliber defenseman. Like you said, he was a captain for the world junior team in Finland. Like this is a guy that has all the tools to be successful. I think he just needs a confidence boost here. Why did he only get two assists this year? Like he's a guy who we know has the Tom bomb, as you mentioned. And when he came over to Kelowna for his draft year, he was unstoppable offensively. Is it really that much of a difference playing with men or could a style that he plays benefit from being on a smaller ice surface? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's going to be a transition. I actually think it, he should have done better on European ice. When I was watching his highlights from not this season, but last season, he often would just roam and float in that massive area between the face-off dot and the blue line in European ice. And that would help him open up to uh, get that one-timer for his slap shot. Whereas in the North American ice, he does, he's not going to have the benefit of all that room back there. So he's going to have to reposition himself and he's going to have to find a way to get his shot off quicker. Because he's got a big windup and it takes a lot of time and space to get that thing off. He's going to need to be able to get it off quicker in tighter spaces. But where I think he's going to get a boost in Belleville, I don't think he was getting power play time near the end in Eels. I mean, he was barely even getting five on five time. So get him on a second power play unit in Belleville. And I think we could see the Tom bomb, get him to score a goal or two, get the confidence back up. And I think you'll be, see a big bounce back from Lassie here. And I, I like that he was paired with Ole Alsing in the scrimmage uh, pairs, because I think that's a second pair in Belleville behind Lajoie and Yarosh that could be really effective. And I think those two have games that complement each other and both of them coming over from uh, Europe. Interesting. I like that. You're certainly not leaning on experience in that situation, but when there's natural talent that makes you a top 20 pick, you got to respect that too. So skilled two-way defenseman, and he does have some offensive tools, right? It's just a matter of getting that confidence back because in Eels, he got a short end of a stick because Yusuf Alamaki, a Flames first rounder, way further along the development curve. I believe he's 23 or 24. He came back on loan, so he just automatically pushed Thompson down the lineup. So, yeah, I think you can take a little bit of that, but also he just needs to flat-out play better. He's been benched at many times this season. His coach just doesn't trust him on the ice, and that's not what you want to see. But a fresh start under Troy Mann which is great for Lassie Thompson. I don't know if he'll see NHL games this year, but maybe next year. But I think that what really matters for Lassie Thompson is getting back comfortable and having a positive season wherever he plays. Are you happy that he ended up coming back from Eels or would you have kept him there for the rest of this season? I think initially, if you would have asked me, I I would have liked to keep him in Eels because he just didn't seem quite ready for the pro game over in North America. But with how disastrous of a season he's having in Eels. And it really seems like him him and the coach aren't, uh, you know, there's not any favors being done for him there. Get him over to Belleville. The Belleville Senators are in need of right shot defensemen. I mean, they signed Colby Williams today as a, as a backup uh, plan, basically. So I think it's great that he's coming over to Belleville. He gets to hit that reset button, gets a fresh start, and hopefully Troy Mann's going to give him better opportunities to succeed here. Hey, it's time for an opportunity number 21 on our list. It's long overdue. The injury didn't help last year, but coming in at number 21, Christian Wolanin. What can we expect? Like basically a lost leader last year, right? Like se- second day, I believe it was in an informal skate. Shoulder pops out, done. 
season over. Ends up playing a couple games here and there, but really nothing. How can we expect him to bounce back this year? Well, the the floor is his, basically. Like, he has a perfect opportunity to grab a top four spot if he so chooses and works hard enough to get it. Like, he's first in line, really, to get that left-hand shot uh, role on the second pair of the defense court here in the NHL. Probably, it seems like he's getting paired with Josh Brown a lot. So that's probably what's going to happen here. And contract year. He has one year left on his deal at 900K. Last year was a wasted year. Like you said, he tore his labor first day of camp and that he only got nine games in Belleville and three in Ottawa. And it's really unfortunate that injury happened, Ross, because last year would have been perfect for Willannon. Like Willannon would have been that guy getting called up to the NHL when Branstrom was and Branstrom wasn't ready, but Willannon was ready. And that would have been the perfect opportunity to start developing, but he doesn't get that chance. And now he's a year behind because of it. Well, it's too bad as well because he was actually named to Team USA's World Championship roster in 2019 after having 31 points in 40 games in Belleville in his first season down in the minors. So having that confidence playing on a team, I believe like Patrick Kane was on that team and a whole other slew of, of NHLers, you think you build on that confidence, much like Colin White did the, the year before. Remember, they even played him on a line with Patrick Kane at the World Championship. So Oh, it just sucked that he couldn't have that opportunity. But I know that based on what we've heard from what kind of guy Christian is, that he is going to take this as a chip on his shoulder and he's going to not to. I was going to say, he doesn't want any more chips on his shoulder there. Damn. Yeah. Protect his shoulder at all costs. Wow. I can't believe I went there. Sorry. Sorry, Christian. That was a, a Freudian slip, you could say. But what we do know is that he'll get every opportunity. And I love that he's paired with Josh Brown, like the perfect complimentary player because Christian Willannon is at his best when he's able to skate the puck up the ice. And I think his best attribute is towing the blue line with his head up and making plays. Yeah, and I think that makes him a great candidate to be the defenseman at the point for the second power play unit in Ottawa as well, right? Like who who better for that spot? We talked about maybe sometimes Mike Riley, you could see doing that, but I think it's more important to give Christian Willannon these opportunities and I think he could find some success and I, I, we're all rooting for Willannon here and I would love for him to have a great year and get a nice contract extension. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, his basically battling with Mike Riley and Eric Brandstrom to a lesser extent, Maxime Lejoie, but definitely has the inside track. So he's number 21. Now we move to the newly acquired number 20. We had lots of great talk about this player with Craig Morgan when he joined us. So if you want to listen to that last week, Feel free to do so. But at number 20, it's Derek Stepan, the 30-year-old veteran in the final year of his contract. We know that the salary is much lower than the cap hit, but let's talk about the on-ice impact. What can he still bring at this stage of his career? There's a lot of things Derek Stepan can still bring, and especially to this young, up-and-coming Ottawa team. And first and foremost, it's his veteran leadership and experience, right? Like this guy, he's been an NHLer for a long time. He's... He's been in the playoffs every single year except the first two years of uh, of his time in Arizona. So this is a guy that is used to having success. He comes from winning cultures, <laughs> again, minus that Arizona part. But I think he's someone that's going to be a real nice fit for this Senators team because they clearly didn't have a number one center. And I'm not saying Derek Stepan is a number one center either, but you could definitely classify him as a 1B center. And that's a big step up, especially seeing as he's probably going to get to play with a rookie 
Timmy Stutzla on his line. So you want someone that's confident and uh, is a professional and can help guys like that make their transitions to the NHL. 106 playoff games. He's been to the conference finals three times and he's worn a letter every year since 2014. So he brings that leadership. It was even a member of the U.S. World Cup team. Now I know Torts got absolutely skewered of how he built that team. Probably rightfully so. He's trying to make a grinding out of an international tournament. Remember he had like Justin Abdelkader on that team too? Yikes. But besides that, Derek Stepan is still a useful player at the NHL level. Is he going to get back to that 55-point range? And I mean in a full season? No. But could I see him getting closer to 30 in, in this shortened season? Sure. Especially if he's given an opportunity to play with Tim Stutzla. So this is really his opportunity to grasp. And we've seen him prove it time and time again. Seems like he's a pretty like vocal leader as well, which teams need. And you can have guys who lead by example. I'd assume you could count Thomas Shabbat in that category and probably Erica Branson as well. But when you, when you need a guy to be vocal, I think Derek Stepan's your guy. You remember that game against Ottawa in the 2017 run? I think Lundqvist let in a couple quick ones and it was a bit of a controversial move at the time, but I think that they're definitely on the same page. Stepan went by Lundqvist while the place is going crazy. Ottawa's still celebrating that goal and just calmed down. Like just gave him the kind of the, the two hands like lowering, like, all right, we got this. It's all good. So that kind of leadership, I think will go a long way with this group. And I can't wait till he gets in the lineup. He's in Ottawa. He's in his quarantine right now. And the fact that we get the double dip, even the triple, because it'll be great to see Branstrom on the ice too. But having those two forwards who you expect to fit right into your top six, it's going to be really interesting to see how DJ Smith utilizes them. I would expect him to play in all situations. He'll be on the PK. He'll be out there on the power play and he'll be playing top six. So honestly, if, if he's top two or three, I think it'll be Connor Brown and Derek Stepan will be your ice time leaders for forwards just because they're going to play in all situations. Brady Kachuk will be right up there too, but I think those are your two guys that are going to carry the mail for this team at both ends of the ice. Yeah, for sure. And that's what you brought him in here for, right? And I think Derek Stepan, like, sure, last season, 10 goals, 18 assists in 70 games, not great. Worst of his career. But I think he's coming in here hot. We heard Craig Morgan was talking to him during the offseason before playoffs, and Derek Stepan really took it seriously, his conditioning, uh, his skills, training. He said, I want to come back and be better, and he did just that. Five points in nine playoff games on a struggling Yotes team that just couldn't get anything going, but he was one of the guys that was picking up the pace here. And you get a new opportunity, a new uh, fresh scenery. You get injected into a youthful lineup and I think we're going to see a massive bounce back year and it's a contract season for Derek Stepan as well and he's hoping he plays really good probably he's hoping that he gets traded to a contender at the deadline makes another lasting impression and then gets one more big ticket before he kind of rides off into the sunset here because this is a guy that just turned 30 years old this is probably the last big contract he's going to be able to get. Well, Pilsy, we know what happened the last time Derek Stepan was in a contract year. It was 55 points in 68 games and 12 points in 19 playoff games. So, yes, that was six years ago. However, he's shown that he can do it in the past. And can he do it in the future? We'll find out as soon as Sunday. But we'll be back tomorrow. We have a very special guest for our Send Central Citizen Saturday. And I think you'll be extremely happy when you find out who our guests are next week as we are in the week 
comeback time. Ottawa Senators hockey returns next Friday for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. That's all today. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.